0: I didn't want to work a 9 to 5, I didn't want to work for anybody, and I really didn't see like what skill I could use to like get me a good job. I knew that I was good at math, I was good at card games, and then poker came up. And I just got hooked.
1: My favorite era on poker was between 2006 and
0: 2011. Online poker was thriving and booming. It was easy to print. It was also the poker boom. So poker as
1: an industry was growing rapidly.
2: There really wasn't a lot of well-developed poker strategy out there. So it was a time when you could be super creative. It was very intellectual, it was just,
0: really i thought that i would just win a million dollars in tournaments every year and back then there was a lot more hope of having this huge career i never thought it was gonna end and uh you know it that's changed dramatically This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve, go ahead and play it
1: back, know when I know. What's up all you nerds and brainiacs, welcome to another episode of the Solve for Y Vlogcast. This is episode number 43, the To Be Determined episode. I'm joined as always by my man in the bunker in middle of nowhere, Google, Christian Soto. Wow, wow, he's made it to the library. Guys, he's upgraded.
0: Welcome, my friend. I've, uh, you know, I've moved locations, but my spirit is still very joyful. Google let you go, they, huh? They kicked me out. Yeah. yeah. they, parted. they, they
1: I got parted. Yeah, I understand. It happens. Well, what the people didn't see in the trailer is that uh, you finally got the star in your first feature film. You and uh, your boy, Oscar, one of the the young men that you came up in the game with, him and conrad who everybody has grown to know and love
0: yeah man i mean it's it's kind of fun because if you're from north new jersey you kind of knew that little click right it was the me oscar and conrad click and uh when the trailer came out a lot of people messaged me like oh my god i'm surprised to see oscar like i play with him all the time and they were like, wow, this is so, this is so, like a lot of positivity, right? And they were like, oh, this is going to be inspiring. I can't really wait to watch. And it was just an exciting, it was just an exciting thing to see. And in terms of me being in the middle of nowhere, I don't know. I'm kind of like I, I, yesterday I posted something on Instagram. I'm literally right next to New York City. Uh, so I'm not in the middle of nowhere. I'm kind of in the center of the universe. Is, is that baby chin I see in the background? Yeah, this was my first tournament ever. My parents
1: bought this. Hold on. Nah, nah, to the left or to your right.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Look at those cheeks, man. Little slugger chin is what we got here.
0: If you're from VR, you're a
1: slugger. Hold up, hold up. So wait. You uh you got the first WSOP photo? That's that's what uh that's a little bit out of frame. We didn't even catch that.
0: Yeah, my parents bought this. It was my first tournament at the Harris. Mm, looking hard. Yeah, it was uh, I didn't even know what I was doing.
1: Yeah, you're looking fresh. You got a nice new fade. Looks like you got the. Uh, you got the braces off. Those teeth are looking right.
0: The braces did come off. Wow. But, uh, wow. They're still. We have another week to go to do some more stuff, and then uh, I'll be pretty excited. But yeah, I mean, they came off. It was a long process, especially because of COVID, but. It's nice, man. It's nice to uh, feel good about yourself. The DMs a are about to be fast. lit. They, bro, come on, man. don't <laughs> don't put me short. Like I was, I was bagging checks before with the braces, with the buck teeth. It ain't matter, bro. <laughs> the swag, the swag was right, no matter what. But I always get in trouble, man. This podcast gets me in trouble. I'll tell you, like after every podcast, I get messages like. Oh, you said this.
1: That's because you don't care. You don't even try to like run it through your head of like, okay, if I say this, which one of these girls am I going to upset? You're just like, nah, don't care. Going to say it. They're going to get upset and I'm just
0: going to ghost. Look, man, you got to love it or hate it. Like, It's like, this is who I am. I'm going to talk shit. We need need
1: to flip this. This is going to go from the To Be Determined episode to the Tinder files.
0: I understand. But look, at the end of the day, people know who I am. That's, how, that's what you're going to get. I'm not a fake-ass person when I'm on the camera. I'm just, I am who I am. I'm a little bit more chill in real life because, mm-hmm. like, I'm turned on when the camera's on, right? Like, I have to, like, do something. But, whatever, man. It is what it is. But, yes, I am excited about the show. You know, this is kind of our third kind of film. I would say that our first film, of course, was Dead Money. The second one I would classify as, like, the one where it was, like, me, you, and Jordan and, like, kind of, like, our backstories and stuff. There was a lot of filming going on there. Origins. Uh, yeah. yeah, Origins. And then this third one, which honestly might be our best work, right? It's 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 something that is not really about us. It's more about Oscar as... But not. it's almost not even about Oscar, right? It's more about just, like, the all-encompassing journey of, like, playing poker, right? And, like, in the trailer... You know, we we heard like Hank saying, you know, my favorite era, you know, was, you know, 2000s, early 2000s. And, you know, what happens? What happened to those people? Right. Because that era kind of kind of stopped and those people are still around. And I think that's what Oscar is like representing. Right. The people that are still around playing, you know, consistently multiple times a a week, grinding it out and then that journey. And I'm excited. You know, obviously I've seen it already but I'm excited to see what the people say because I don't feel as if I'm that far removed from that. Like, I feel like we're a podcast of the people. Like I always said, like we're the realest podcast and I feel as if we're part of that journey. Right? Like, yeah, of course, like we got kind of fortunate. We may have a survivor's bias, uh, but generally we know what you're going through. Right? Like people have seen you talk about being broke multiple times, being at the bottom. Like, fucking staying at shitty ass hotels. I played every underground game in fucking New York. Right. So it's like, I know what it is to be like grinding, like with no bullets in in the socket and just like trying to get it. Um, So I'm excited. um, Both because I think it's going to be really positive for Oscar, even though like, I know, you know, he's one of my best friends and I know he's like hesitant of it, but I think it's going to be really positive um, because I think most people can relate and I'm just excited to see what people have to say. And if people think it sucks, then like maybe we should just quit this game because <laughs> I'm not sure we could like, you know, like I know we always try to push towards, towards better, but like this is going to be hard to top. Yeah. No,
1: nah, this is going to be fire for sure. Uh, I've, I've watched the rough cut. I've, I've seen the final cut. I've watched the final cut many times. Actually. Uh, I can't speak highly enough about pigtails. Obviously like, you know, they're they're the absolute best. But more importantly, like I can't say enough good things about Oscar. He was so candid throughout all of this, despite his hesitations. Uh, you know, I know that he is going to be overly critical of himself in this film. But the reality is, he translates very well on the camera, in my opinion. And he does represent the everyman in a big way. Like something that I think gets lost when we talk about like pursuing poker as any sort of passion, whether it's a career or a hobby or otherwise. There's a very small percentage of people who are doing it at a high level. And there's an even smaller percentage of people that are making real money off of this game. But there is a massive, massive, massive amount of people that are pouring a lot of time, energy, and resources into pursuing this game in some sort of capacity. So I think it's much like sport in the way that 99% of people are never going to reach that upper echelon. But there is this larger cluster of people that you know fall somewhere in the seventieth percentile that are going to have just enough success to continually push them forward, but not enough success to call it a victory or to call themselves uh, professional or maybe that's the wrong term, but like to call themselves uh, proficient in this game. Successful. Yeah. Uh, and I think Oscar did a really great job of representing that struggle, because that's the vast majority of people who play this game. They're gonna relate. They're gonna know what it's like to show up to a casino with an underrolled uh, situation or only a couple binds in your pocket. They're gonna understand what it means to, you know, have to reevaluate everything at all cost because you're in a situation where you're just trying to get by to the next opportunity. Um, and then also they're gonna relate to his successes, to to the times where the stress is alleviated a little bit because he did have a big score or he he did have the availability to play in some games that he otherwise wasn't rolled for. And, you know, I I just think the entire journey is a very noteworthy one and one that most people can relate to. But um, on top of that, I think hearing a lot of that 1% who have made it and do have some survivorship bias speak to their understanding of the survivorship bias and how lucky they were to get there is worth a lot. So like, I, I think, you know, a lot of the names that we have, uh, intertwined throughout the interviews is one of the more compelling aspects of this film.
0: Yes. I, it, it's one of those things that like doing the film with Oscar and spending time and like kind of understanding his psyche In the beginning of the film, I really didn't understand him at all. And there are still points that I really don't understand. Right? Um, but there is something that I do understand about him and that I do respect. Like, he's told me multiple times, like, hey, I'm not you. Like, I'm not going to play fifty I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to, like, be in a company that does training. I'm not going to coach people. I'm not going to play 50 I don't want to do any of that. I want to play poker so that I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, I am going to live a happy life because I'm doing what I am doing, what I want to do. Sure. Right? Yep. And it's like, okay, like not everyone ha- has to play high stakes, right? And and to me, it like kind of rattled my brain a little bit because I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like, don't you want to just like rise the ranks and like compete at the highest level? But then I realized, like, hey, maybe not. Maybe, maybe if he understands what makes him happy, that's fine, right? If like, if paying your bills and, and spending time with your family and your and 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 potentially building a family and living comfortably is what you want. Then who the hell am I to tell you, like, like no, move to Vegas, play 50 100, because you know that's the dream, right? Sure, it's like, sure. man, you know, so I kind of learned to understand him a little bit more, even though I don't necessarily like I don't necessarily always agree with it. I have to learn to understand it, right? It, so it's fine. Um, but yes, as you mentioned, like the Gary Adelstein interview to me was like really raw uh because some of the and the people will see this um i know maria was your favorite interview and we'll, we'll probably touch on that but the garrett interview was like listen i got super lucky people shouldn't do this all the time like you know and it's just like i feel like he almost feels guilty for being successful right yeah i, th- I think that's kind of his nature too
1: um, it didn't have to be poker. I, I think that he recognizes he's kind of blessed with a lot of advantages in life. And anytime that that becomes something he leverages into further success, I think that there's probably a level of guilt that comes alongside that. And, and to some degree, we probably all feel it in our everyday lives, depending upon like how much we're struggling. like The less you're struggling, the more guilty you feel about life just being easy, I think. I, I thought his interview was fantastic. I thought Schulman obviously killed it. He just has a way of just making it feel so human. You know, He he's just like so good at connecting with the audience at a visceral level where it's like he paints this picture of something between the most romantic pursuit you could ever take on and like one of the most painful, heartbreaking disasters that any human being could ever embark upon. And like he he does such a great job of uh, of just like weighing the the pain with the the glory that it's really hard not to listen to him and just kind of walk away with uh, some 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 emotion right like whether it's inspiration or just sheer and utter doubt uh, you definitely like listen to Shulman talk and you you kind of peel away from it and you're just like okay I feel something right now yeah I mean
0: it's because the- <laughs> he he kind of. He's a hustler, right? Like, he yeah. saw all the hustles, right? Yeah. He grew up in New York, like, playing underground games underage, like, playing for too much money, then playing pool for money. Like, in a little way, I feel as if, like, somehow we should have crossed paths before because we were the same. We're, I would I didn't play pool, but I was, like, underage, like, sneaking into these games yeah. in New York. I was, a dude, I took some gambles that I didn't even know had, like, dire problems. Like, I was at, let me make sure the statute of limitations is cool. But I was in Bally's, right? No ID, underage, just walking in, like, raw. Not even a fake ID. Like, just go in, playing 1-1, one, one, no limit hold'em, winning, and then just taking my chips to the cage, just cashing it out. Like, it's nothing. Yeah, like, yeah. like, what are you crazy like i could just get arrested and just, i like, mean
1: that's like super common but most kids are smart enough to just not cash out and just like you know exchange the chips with somebody else
0: yeah yeah or just like actually have a fake id like yeah life. right like yeah. no i just went in there like some super <laughs> fucking like I have no care in the world like listen i'm gonna go in just go in play cash out not even bring an id yeah
1: right? yeah just like, i mean why? you can always get that birth certificate fudged one more time
0: that's true. I mean, the Dominicans will help you. I'm yeah. like, listen, I need another another, another year on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're two years on top. <laughs> <laughs> it's insanity, man. But, man, this film really, really, really was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, seeing myself in the film was weird because, like, I just kind of remember the time. And it was, you know, people, you know, these films aren't made overnight, right? They're made through... Like years, almost right. It's been two years since we started the project. Um, More, yeah, and like even just like two years ago, like you know, because like two years ago, I'm like, wow, I used to think like that, or or wow, like okay, maybe I should have given him a little bit more slack uh, in these situations. Like there was a lot of spots where like I felt like I was a little bit too hard on Oscar, and looking back at it, I was like, man, maybe maybe I could have been a little bit softer. Um, But it makes for good TV. Like, so, in, in one sense, it's good for the audience. In another sense, it's, like, probably a little bit too harsh on him. So, I kind of wish I could take a little bit of that back, uh, just, like, because of my relationship with him. But for the audience, I think it's great to see, like, how critical, like, high-stakes pros are, you know, when they want to be with no no bull, no bull, you know, on on, like, some stream, right? Because if I'm actually doing a stream for, like, live with the bike or something, I'm not going to, I'm going to hold punches, right? I'm not going to just be like, this is the terrible play. He should never do this. Like, this is the worst I've ever seen him play. Like, you know, I'm never going to do that. But with Oscar, I felt like I really didn't hold any punches. One, because like, I really wanted him to like, look at it in the sense of, wow, man, I really am pretty bad. At right now or like I really don't understand this and things like that and if it was me in the seat yes I would feel bad at first like with a lot of the arguments that you and I have had in terms of poker strategy like initially I feel really bad but then I like come around right but not not everyone wants to do that because like the emotional pain of hearing your friend like exposing you like that to an audience is really painful and it's like you don't even want to listen to what he's saying anymore. I think it's Um, also
1: like the inability to connect on a common level, right? Like when you and I would have debates, I'm coming from a vantage point of like having been through it already, but mm -hmm. you're also coming through the, like, you're not that far removed, right? Like you're, you're in the arena. Oscar wasn't really in the arena. So like, you're just judging from a platform where he still has the lens of, he's being overly critical of me in this way, that way, or another. But he doesn't know what my game plays like. He doesn't know what my environment looks like. Like this stuff doesn't transpose into the games that I'm playing. So like not only is he maybe a little bit emotionally upset that a friend would attack him or what feels like an attack, but then secondarily, there's this kind of scapegoat of, uh, this isn't even good advice because mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily carry over to one, two, two, five.
0: Yeah, I was having a discussion today with another player that plays with Oscar in his games. Um, they were like, wow, I was really surprised to see Oscar um, and things like that. And then, like, he kind of wanted a little bit of information on the film, and I gave it to him. And he's probably one of the he, – he he's a Solve for y subscriber. Like, he's been on the site forever. Mm-hmm. So if Oscar watches this, he's, he'll know who this person is. And he's probably – Oscar are, like, hit, like, one and two of, like, the best players in the game. And he brought up the point that you just said, which is effectively, like, he asked me, like, what was Oscar's biggest flaw throughout throughout the film? And I was like, one is the fact that he thinks the strategy doesn't apply towards the games he's in. And this person's response was, wow, I'm so tired of hearing that. And this is someone that's in his game. Yeah. Right? So it's interesting now that that fallacy is becoming known even to the people that are actually in the game that are, because before it was just like common spread, like pseudo knowledge of like, Oh yeah. Like if, if those guys played here, they wouldn't understand this shit. And it's like, now it's like kind of ridiculous. Right. Um, And even the players in the game are, are understanding that that's pretty ridiculous, but I think it's a common thing. So, okay. Tell me what your, um, favorite part of the film work was yeah so
1: uh, I think that like obviously like I don't have as close of a relationship with Oscar as you do so um, I was enamored by his story but I knew it secondhandedly from you but no like as much as I was into the storyline of the actual movie itself uh, for me it was just seeing pigtails on display right like I'm so desperate for the world to know how fucking talented these guys are and yeah. like what they're able to do creatively that you just don't see in our uh, community or landscape. And, and that's no shot at the creative types in the poker community. There are people who are just killing it. But these guys are just like so fucking good. Um, and the one portion of the film that really caught my attention that I just absolutely love, I've probably watched it 10 times, is there's a section um, discussing risk where Maria Konnikova was the interview subject. So it's her speaking over some like really old footage um, referencing John von Neumann, uh, who's the founder of game theory. Uh, Like very early polymath uh, had a lot to do with, you know, basically advancing technology in a big way. And most of it was rooted in the idea of if he could solve poker, then he would just have like the keys to the universe because it's such a complex game and it's such a good sandbox for life as it correlates one-to-one with how much variance there is in life and how much incomplete information, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, he created the backbone for game theory as we know it today. uh, And she's basically discussing a lot of uh, what he means to all of this and how incredibly impossible it is for humans to comprehend risk and to comprehend all of the chaos that drives this game. And what Pigtails did was so fucking amazing. We're going to show the clip, uh, so I don't want to like super ruin it. But basically, they were able to play with time in such a way that they took current footage, made it look raw and old in line with like this 1930s infomercial, so to speak, of, of like gambling and, uh, and early game theory discussion and stuff like that. And they just blended it all together in this cinemagraphic way that just, like, totally blew me away. Like, I'm probably overhyping this, I'm sure. But, like, by the end of it, I was just like, man, that was so fucking good. Like, what even gave you the idea?
2: Down through the ages, man's quest for easy wealth has often led to gambling. There have always been those who chose to worship at the altar of that fickle goddess, Chance. Men who live and sometimes died in the pursuit of excitement and riches gained without labor, risking all upon the turn of a wheel, rising to the peaks of affluence, then sinking to the depths of poverty and despair. Slaves to the varying moods of that heartless lady, luck. In general, humans are uncomfortable with ambiguity and uncomfortable with uncertainty. We like things to be stable. We like things to be black and white. We like to label things. We like to have an answer. A leads to B, not, well, A could also lead to C, and it can also lead to kind of C and a half-ish, and actually the alphabet's not really relevant here, which is the way that life is. Life is noisy, life is uncertain, life is risky. There's nothing that's ever 100% true. Now, because that's kind of the human tendency, that can actually be very detrimental in a lot of decision-making environments, and poker is an environment where you really have to understand risk if you're going to play well. And a lot of people can't get past that hump.
0: I can imagine that Berkey's gonna put another 17,000 in there with this holding. Have you ever watched Berkey play? I have, I have, but he lives for these moments.
2: I came to poker late in life. I started literally from zero. I did not know how many cards were in a deck. So believe me, I did not know if a flush beat a straight or a straight beat a flush or what a full house was. This was just a totally foreign language. So for me, I was more interested in a lot of the concepts around poker, and I had no idea really that poker was even a tool for this, until I started researching for my next book, The Role of Luck in Our Lives, and trying to figure out how do I get into this question of how much of our lives do we control? and I came across John von Neumann's theory of games, which is the foundational text of game theory. I'm glad that you're asking this question because it's really a very good one. No, we don't have enough people and we better do something about it. And I hesitate to say that we better do something about it quickly, but rather we better do something about it both quickly and then continuously. So John von Neumann, this absolutely brilliant guy, one of the greatest polymaths of the 20th century, father of the computer, one of the fathers of the hydrogen bomb, inventor of game theory. He was a huge poker player and he thought, if I solve poker, I'm going to have the key to the most complex decision-making in the world because poker, unlike chess, is much more like life, because real life is a game of incomplete information. So there's information that we have in common, then there's information that only I know, There's information that only you know, and we're not quite sure how much of what I know you know, how much of what you know I know, and that's poker. That's not chess, that's not even go, even though go is much more strategically complex than chess, it's still a game of complete information where there's always a right move. And in poker, there's no right move because there's no always. We can only make certain assumptions.
0: Got that look, man. I've seen this burkey look before. Is it the
2: poker twinkle?
0: Yeah, he is. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a five bet to the ten of sixty thousand.
2: So taking risks as a poker player, and taking risks in life, does not mean that you're going to become an aggressive maniac. The rational, the smart choice is actually to take risks when the percentages are on your side. What did I I tell you, Holly? Uh-oh. And to not take them when they're against
1: you.
2: (laughs) 53,000. 53K. As Berkey zeroing in on Haxton.
1: Don't adjust your screens. This man just stuck $53,000 into the pot with King 5 suited. Uh
0: And down's Haxton now we're playing some poker (laughs) okay so I thought that clip was amazing I some of the things that I saw there were were really nice and it's it's, the conversation with Maria is one I think that is definitely going to go underrated because it is actually what poker is all about and honestly it's kind of what life is about too so I'm not surprised that it was kind of something that led her down the path when she was looking at you know writing her next book about the the relationship between life and and luck so poker is like that where it's something where like you put in more chips when the the ev distribution is on your side right that doesn't mean that everything's always going to go well it just means that more often than not it might go well and secondly i think what's what's missed a lot when i'm talking to people that play lower stakes is that they they really do want like a black or white answer, like this is wrong or like this is 100% this way or 100% that way. And the truth of the matter is that it's always a spectrum of of right and wrong, right? So it's like a pot size bet might be optimal, right? And that might be considered correct in, in accordance to like a machine, but that doesn't make the 67% like bad. It just makes it less good. And the check also has, like, some sort of EV attached to it, even though it's less good than the other two options. And then if you mix in exploitative play, and, and of to all these things, like, it really is a, a, a real mess, right? But the truth of the matter is that it'll always be a spectrum of, of how good things are. And that, I think, is encapsulated really well with what Maria is saying, because it's not black and white. And our brains are not necessarily... this uh designed to function in a way where there's so many options all of which have some sort of attachment to to a result and and not everything is is perfect we all just want like just tell me what to do and that's hard to hard to coach and kind of hard to comprehend and like we have to learn to live in a different way i think you
1: kind of nailed uh, where most people falter in life, right? Uh, the majority of people are worker bees and then there are some, uh, you know, leaders, uh, amongst them. And generally what separates them is the ability to think in terms of process being process oriented versus goal oriented, right? A worker bee's goal is to, uh, find something tangible, anchor themselves to it, and then work to completion. Uh, where a leader's goal is to develop a process that will allow the worker bees to be more efficient. And this is perfectly analogous to how poker is played. If you are a results-oriented human or goal-oriented human, where you want a black and white answer and you want a tangible result, which is often going to be a selfish one where you win, you're fucked. You can't. If you If you create mm. financially incentivized goals, you're fucked because you have no control over that. If you create uh, tangible goals in any one given hand where you have to win the pot in order to consider it good or successful, you're fucked because it's out of your hand. Most of it is in any one zoomed-in spot a chalked up to variance. You know, I think Maria's interview there is a very eloquent synopsis of her book, The Biggest Bluff. It's a fantastic read. I suggest everybody goes out and checks it out. It really does delve into the differences between being process-oriented versus uh, goal-oriented, and it really spells out why the former is so incredibly necessary to lead an enlightened life uh and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with falling into the other camp it's just certain aspects of life aren't going to be for you right like when you're talking about taking on a lot of volatility and risk and variance and things that are completely out of your control if you're a goal-oriented person you are just utterly going to drive yourself insane there's nothing there there are no guardrails in the game of life or poker right like you right. are just absolutely stuck to the track that you're on and at any given time things can go haywire and you can find yourself hanging off the edge of a cliff that's part of it you have to solve your your way around that you have to know when to mitigate risk so that you don't take that plunge you have to know how to get yourself out of the shit if you took on too much risk and found yourself you know on the edge of a ravine staring death in the face this is all true to this game, which is just a microcosm for life. Like, uh, you know, every single day we risk in some sort of capacity. And I think that's why I found that little aspect outside of the the, the creative elements that Travis was able to interweave, um, playing with time the way he did and creating like grainy film to to come into modern day and, and kind of like drive the point home. Uh, outside of that, I just think that the, the purpose of that little four minute section is so utterly profound. Like, if there is one lesson to take away from this entire 90-minute film, it has to be, in my opinion, like, the the relationship that the human brain has with risk and how incredibly impossible it is for us to parse through what is emotional, what's rational, and what's just, uh, you know, some sort of bias that we're baked into.
0: It really is. There's some There's some funny moments that remind me in my in my career where it was like i remember playing in some like garages and we're probably probably playing like 25 cent 50 cents or something like but i was i was underage and i was really wanting to win and i would just like lose in like some really nasty ways and it was like a not a decent chunk of my money and i remember coming to the game with a sun kissed right Mm. and just like Exiting the game with my head down, like with my sun kiss in my hand. And as soon as that door closed, the sun kiss just fucking slammed on the fucking like and it just popped everywhere. Like, and it's because like I really wanted to win and I just like I was so attached to the result of that one game. And I just remember how heartbreaking it is to lose it. It's just funny for me to think, like, man, I was playing 25 cents, 50 cents, losing and slamming sun kiss bottles on the sidewalk. And that's, but, that's the point though, right? Like that's how yeah. this
1: whole idea came to fruition. We were grinding in Jersey. Uh, we went there to play a WPT event at the Brigada and Oscar stayed with us in in the house we rented in Brigantine. And I just remember watching him play online. This was like in the early development of Solve for So like late 2017, maybe, where, you know, we had just launched Dead Money. We're leaning in heavily to the idea that we play high stakes live and that we can kind of carve a mm-hmm. path for those who are trying to rise through. And I'm watching Oscar and... He is just riding the emotional roller coaster, playing like 10 cent, 25 cent online, like every single pot, the computer is getting thrown in the air, either out of joy or out of sheer and utter frustration. Literally, there's just like no calm moment. You know, he's just, he's on every single high and riding every single low. And it just dawned on me. It's like, this is relatable to any single human being who's ever been dealt a hand of poker. Like no matter where we're at now, we were him once.
0: For sure, for sure. It, whether it's twenty five cents, fifty cents, to 25, 50 of the dollar, whatever it is, even two five, right? Like, it, and this was this was so hard, and why I think I've been so fortunate because like I definitely have to have results, not only for myself, but like to convince my family that I was doing the right thing. To like all these things had to go right for me to stay on this path, right? Because if not, like if you come from a Dominican family with your mother moving from another country here and, like, she's a fucking CPA, you know, bought herself a fucking $750,000 house out of nothing, like, speaks broken English, and now her son's telling her she's gonna he's going to play poker, like, that doesn't fly. Like, you better show some results quick, right? And I definitely was results-oriented because that's the only thing that I could convey or else I'm a failure, right? Mm. So I got super fortunate in that, like, I always say, like, I ran really good. Um, yeah, I studied a lot and all these things, but, like, looking at it in terms of, like, a process, I didn't do that until later, until, like, I was already kind of had some money, and then I was like, okay, maybe there's a process, and you taught me a lot about that. Of like, yeah, look, like, this is how you're going to take shots. This is what you need to do. And then I started thinking, like, okay, there's a process to, like, rising the ranks, but when you have five buys to your name, how Oscar had here, you know, play one two with like $1,000, $1,500 and like you're losing a buy-in and like you're you have a mortgage at the end of the month. Man, I don't know. Like I it's so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are going to be like, "Damn, that's that's me." Right? Yeah. Like, I have a wife. I I tell my wife that I want to play poker. I'm grinding 2-5 with 20 buy-ins and I'm I'm on a five buy-in downswing because it's all it's all the same, right? It's all a spectrum. It's all it's all relative. Yeah. You have a wife and a kid, and you have twenty binds to your name at two five, and you're like on a five bind down downswing. You're on the ropes. Yeah, you're on the ropes, right? So it's relatable in that in that kind of way. And it's like it's so impossible to think you have to be process oriented, but you are your your back's against the rope. Right, the ropes. That that struggle right there. That's life, and I think that's what makes this film kind of incredible. In that a weird desperately like yo you have to be process oriented like you have to trust the strategy you have to listen and then and then the fight back's always like yeah but i got mortgage at the end of the month and i need to win yeah now. yeah, yeah. Right? and that's the that's the whole movie right and it's like that's fucking crazy like like and, and that to me is just incredible to watch because it's like looking back at it, i'm like damn like that's just hard
1: <laughs> no it's true it's true it's it's easy to to believe in the process whenever you're secure But when you are, yeah, when you're in the shit, it's a really difficult thing. And it took me going broke multiple times to ever like be able to rise above it and just kind of recognize through the iterative process of falling on my face and being able to pick myself back up again, realizing like, oh, okay, the bottom isn't that bad. I'll always be okay because I have other tangible skills that I can leverage in some capacity. Uh, That in and of itself is still some level of security that allows you to embrace I guess, like the worst case scenario. But for everybody mm. else who's in the shit, generally speaking, like what keeps them in that, uh, in that perpetual cycle is the fact that they fear the worst case more than they desire the best case, right? They're, they're much more protective of staying in this uncomfortable scenario that is sustainable than they are in breaking out at the risk of the worst case scenario, Which is, you know, going broke and having to actually work a nine to five instead of, you know, getting to pursue something that is a lot more independent.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough. We've had this discussion many times of like, what is actually the bottom, right? Like, are you not gonna have any food, or you're not gonna have any? Are you are you gonna like lose your roof over your head? Like, and a lot of times the bottom isn't like like you can you're going to survive right yeah. you're going to have you're going to survive and you're going to be able to pick yourself up if, if all things go wrong
1: yeah it's not pretty but like you know there's a means to an end
0: yeah for sure some stuff i want to talk about we're going to change subjects now people know it's a great film i'm starring in the film finally because all the time you always are the star and that's not cool all the time i'm with you but more importantly or equally importantly this jamin guy he had a big mouth this week jamin yeah, Jamin, excuse me. Yeah. He had a big mouth this week. He went on running once podcast, right? And they asked him, Oh, if you if you want to throw hands with someone and you think it'll be a good fight, like who would it be, right? And this guy put my name in his mouth. <laughs> maybe he thinks Listen, he, maybe he thinks you got hands. No, 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 no. He was complimentary. He was like, Oh yeah, like first, like he he was like, Oh, Phil Ivy would be probably a good fight, like a big dude, whatever. Then he was like, "You know who would you know who would be a good fight, Chin?" And I was like, "What? You put my name in your mouth like that? Talking about it will be a good fight? Maybe he bro, doesn't know you're lefty." Listen, bro. I grew up in the streets. No, I like, did. Yeah, I did, bro. You don't remember? This is the thing. Like, you grew up in North I grew New up, Jersey. My era, look, my era was a very bad era in my town. Stop, now man. I've myself, seen
1: where you're from. Your your town's bougie said, as fuck.
0: Now I just I just said mm-hmm. now it's cleaned up yeah, right? yeah all right. but before it wasn't cleaned up i would leave high school and all the garbage cans were lit on fire because the town next to it we, there was a gang wars right mm-hmm. and i'm dominican i'm not going to be outside of the gang wars you got you got to be in, right <laughs> trimitarios ddp all that shit was lit over here there was gangland you our filming around here <laughs> right i know y'all see gangland gangland is like a legit show what happened to that show anyway but yeah. But anyway, bro, if you want to set it up for charity, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go. Three round. We could do uh, three minutes, three rounds. It's light. You know,
1: Jamin's a big dude, right? Like he's like listen, six man. one, listen. six two.
0: That's fine. <laughs> what, what, okay, so let's so so the so the line would be in my
1: favor. All right, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. I want to see you guys get the into line would square. Be off.
0: My I don't know. He'll probably. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The the, the I fought big dudes before, mm. but. Not like, you know, not with rules like this. Right, you know? yeah, yeah.
1: I, like, I just want to see you sucking wind after 30
0: seconds. All right, maybe maybe it'll be like one of those, like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> all I know is he was like, oh, it'll be a good fight. Maybe. Maybe it'll be a good fight. Computer scientists got hands? Like, what the hell's going on <laughs> now? Like like, bro, chill out. I ain't going to really, like, all right. So anyway, Sure. So that was a little bit of a weird thing that I saw. But honestly, no, nah, I'm just kind of fucking with him. It was it was a really good interview. If you guys didn't watch his interview on the Run It Once podcast, it was actually really good. He described everything that goes into vlogging, his process of vlogging. He kind of took some shots at people too. He was like, bro, some of these vloggers, like they make up the fucking vlog. Like that shit <laughs> never happened. And he was like, I've been there. Like they like they that hand never happened. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, what creative license, I, 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 man? Listen, I kind of felt that because like sometimes these vloggers run too good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yo, how many hands do you make a night? Right. Like, I play poker for a living. Like, I know these hands aren't common. And yeah. every time I tune into a vlog, you make more hands. <laughs> like, like, do you ever just lose hands? Sure. Like. So like it's good to see that, you know. My suspicions are sometimes a little bit... (laughs) Yeah, man. Gangland. Let's go. Gangland's real, bro. You don't know. Gangland's real. it looked like Sesame Street waiting
1: for Big Bird to come around the corner. I don't know if you guys know
0: this, but I can't see you guys. I'm literally just audio only. So I'm just like going with the flow. But... That's no fine. wonder you, you didn't know funny. it was on you. No, you guys just want to talk shit behind my back and I can't see. That's <laughs> all good. That's why, all good. Why why can't you see? This sounds like a, a you problem. Nah, bro.
1: You're I on Skype, it. right?
0: Yeah, I said it three times before the before it started. Well, Nobody listened to me. When you said it's it before, awkward.
1: the screen was actually black.
0: Bro, I've said it. I wrote it in chat. I said all kinds of things, but I'm i I'm a team player. <laughs> there I am. Oh, there I am. Look at this. Look, Look at nice, this. man. Skin looks nice. I went to a spa this week. There, there, there's yeah, your, yeah, I streets. know. That's called Boulevard East. But yes, <laughs> nice yes, shot of are... the city. Beautiful shot of the city. It's cloudy too, but you guys think that's listen, man. That's fine. You guys don't want. That's fine. There's parts of Newark that look nice too. You guys want to go there? I'll show you around. <laughs> Where Brave <laughs> Street is, I'll show you around. It's all good. All right. You guys want to talk shit? <laughs> there's parts of Harlem that look real nice. Bill Clinton lives in Harlem.
1: No, Harlem,
0: Harlem is gentrified now. Oh, so that's what I'm talking about, man. I said back in the day when uh, I lived right, there's a problem. Right, yes. Now, now it's nice because all the investors are like, oh, my God, look at that view of New York. <laughs> and then they, they they build around it. Sure. Right? That's sure. what happens, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you the story, right? I bought a house this week. Mm. That was fun. Where? I'll tell you the process in North Korea. So this lady, she comes she comes i wrote a all right so a long time ago i wrote a blog on your on your site called sneakers mm-hmm. it was about my friend lewis right so the house next to lewis this lady she was sell, she's selling her house but she hasn't sold it yet right so she goes to my parents office to the cpa office and she's like hey like you know i always do my taxes here do you guys know a real estate lawyer right cuz i want to sell my house so my mom's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could hook you up, whatever. But are you selling your house? Like, well, let me see it, right? So it means it's right down the block. So she sees the house. This lady's like a, she's like a hoarder, dude. Like, like, she is, right? Um. But my mom comes back and tells me like, hey, like this lady's selling her house. I think it might be a good investment. So I'm like, okay, how much does she want for it? She's like, 325 And I'm like, there's no house around here. Worth 325 like we're right next to New York and No no houses worth Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. So I'm like, okay What's going on? Right? So I go the lady's obviously a hoarder So people are like she's thinks that the house is worth nothing, right? She also wants it all cash Ooh, Right. Okay. She's like she's like no She's like I don't want no loans. I don't want to process. I want it right now mm-hmm. Right, and then she got other offers at like 350 375 whatever so I go meet with this lady. Right. And I'm like, hey, like, I want to see your house. Like my parents told me about it. And she's like, yeah, come. And she's like, hey, like, I know you. You used to chill here all the time. Like I've seen you for years. You used to hang out there all the time. Like years ago when like I was in high school. Right. With the Lewis's house. So I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I didn't recognize her, but she recognized me. Right. How do you know? I have these big ass teeth, whatever. Um, so this. Uh, so I go in her house. She's a hoarder. House is, like, pretty good shape, but set the hoarding, right? So I sit with her, and she's like, How
2: did you get this money? Yeah, like...
0: Whatever. So Cuban lady, right? So she's like, look, this might sound fucked up, Berkey, but, like, this is how it is around here. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to sell to these white investors. Okay. All right? I'd rather sell it to a Spanish person. Sure, sure. <laughs> so she's like, I'll give it to you for two fifty cash. And the 75 is like a payment plan. Okay. You pay me 4K a month or whatever. And I was just like, what is going on? So then I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Of course. Like, she's, I'm like, here, like, I'll give you the 250 cash, 75K on the books, right? We'll write up a contract, lawyers, whatever, and we're done. So that's what I'm doing. Like, I just feel like this lady gave me a gift um, from the heavens. What's, right?
1: what's it appraised at?
0: Or what do you think it'll so appraise at? Zillow, the house is four fifty. Ooh. So I'm just like, what if, like she just wants a cash, she wants it done. Like she doesn't want no realtor, She doesn't want nothing. She just wants lawyer to lawyer and a Spanish person, a Spanish person. <laughs> like that's literally her. Rules, so what's man. the plan? You're gonna Airbnb it? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna give it the 250, use the 75 that she graciously lent me, right? And, and zero interest. Like, yeah, zero interest, just like Spanish person loan, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's not like, there's contracts, right? So I, have no, to I get it. it, I get it. Um, so use that to like repair the house and then see what I do. I don't know what my options are after that. I'm not really into real estate or whatever, but maybe I can like refinance the house and like take my money out and like put people in and rent it or just sell it. Um, I'm not really sure what the options are at that point, but like, it feels good. Yeah. i feel like i got super lucky like spanish people like me we stick <laughs> together we stick together you know she sure. got more money from white investors no offense but she's like i want to see my people rise up and i'm with that you know what i'm saying like i'm with that all you guys always get all the good property right with all the good low interest loans from the bank because you got nice w-2s yeah and now this seems good i mean you know <laughs> yeah it seems like you got like... a house in- now your house is probably worth like one point seven, you know.
1: Not that much, but it's doing okay. It's yeah, I it's almost a little, doubled.
0: Little, a little piece, you know. I just want a little piece of the pie, you know. Somewhere next to New York, you know. We're like the so. What you're leave- saying?
1: What you're really saying is you're never coming back.
0: No, no, no. I don't want that. I'm not. I told like I don't want to live in the house. Mm. Like that house is literally just like I feel like I got lucky in an investment and and just like bought it because she wants to get rid of it. Yeah. And but I don't. I don't. I don't want to live there because I don't. I don't really like the house. Like, that. like I kind of <laughs> sure. Like, I just like the house because it's worth like money. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I feel it. like I got. I feel like I got got it under market. Yeah,
1: I mean, and see what the Airbnb gracious. market is there. I mean, it seems like something you could absolutely crush, especially with the view and the location. Probably a lot of people who would want to do short term rentals with uh, mm-hmm. New York across the way. A lot of business folk. <laughs>
0: And then well, the good thing is a lot of these contract people, like a lot of the contractors do uh, do their taxes at my office. Yeah. I'm like my family office. So like yeah. they're just, they're going to go and they're going to do it.
1: 75K is a lot. You you probably don't need that much to flip the house, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'm aiming for like for like 40 to 50. Yeah. But still this lady gave me, come on, that's <laughs> not the house I got. <laughs> nah, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got super lucky, but it's been a wild week because it's just been like me getting inspectors. Cause like my mom's like, look, you want to do this fine. But like, I don't want, like, I'll help you if you need anything. But like, I, I'm like, I'm busy. You know, like she, she has her own business. So she's just like, this is your deal. You're good. You know? So I'm learning on the fly of how to like be a homeowner. I'm and fascinated that's... and can't wait to see how this plays out. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know anything. I'm just like, Calling people like, hey, um, do you like? How do we do this? You know, yeah. and it's like, and it's just thankfully like people help me out, but like I don't know anything, dude. And yeah. then on top of that, I've been to the dentist seven times this week or some shit. Like this thing takes forever. It's like we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, and everything's like two or three days apart. And it's like this is just too long. Finish the job. I I, I can't. I keep saying it like, I'll pay more if we're finished faster. <laughs> <laughs> Like I I must have said it like eight times, and they're like, "No, no, no, we just can't go faster." <laughs> sure, there's a and process. Then, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing this this week. It's been like super super busy. It's very adult of you, dude. I'm trying to be adult. I'm trying to be adult. I'm at the gym every day, first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. I'm doing this like Berkey shit, where mm-hmm. it's like like you wake up right and you just get up out of bed.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's
0: like, this is like a superpower. <laughs> like, you get up out of bed, you make your bed like that Navy dude. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's like, then you go to the gym and like do that. And then at night you walk. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, I'll fuck?
1: skip the walk, but yeah, I'm,
0: w- I'm with you. sounds like you're ready. And then in the middle of the day, you do stuff. Yeah. Like adult stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to the people. I've been slacking on, on sulfur for stuff, but I'm getting my life together. That's good. But That's the people know. The people know. But, okay, so yeah, I did that. I fasted for three days, which was not worth it. I don't know. <laughs> like, I always feel like I should fast and then get blood work done to, like, make me motivated to do it again. Because right now, I feel like that was useless. I should have just ate. Like, all the weight I lost came back already.
1: Yeah, but like you know, if it cleans up your regimen a little bit, it's worth it. Plus, you know, there are other ancillary benefits.
0: Yeah, your telomeres and stuff. Sure. Your telomeres get longer. You're supposed to live an extra year. Mm. Like, I don't know if that's true. (laughs) But anyway, besides that, I saw you tweeting out some stuff. Poker out loud. Guess you tweeted at Beast. I was like, I just missed him. I'm so mad.
1: He literally took my seat in the Bellagio game in Bobby's room.
0: That's crazy though, because like I thought he was playing small. Like he he made a tweet himself or like an Instagram post,
1: yeah, and he was playing like one three. Yeah, I think he was just dabbling, but he had a seat in the 500 game. I think he sat with like 20k. Yeah. Nobody in the game recognized him, so he probably enjoyed himself. I and he's a young
0: dude too, so yeah, like, he's like 24. I thought it was like a pro.
1: Fuck man, I would have just been like, look. How do you build a YouTube channel? How do you get millions of subscribers? Do you want to come on Poker Out Loud? Will you promote us on your channel? Can you give us 10 million
0: subscribers? <laughs> like, I would have been all uh, yeah. over this. He's super generous, man. Like yeah, dude, yeah. people don't watch Beast's channel like all the like his his cycle is to like get sponsorship money, use that to like give it away, which gives him more subscribers and more views and then like it's kind of like this infinite cycle. Um and, and it's it's really fascinating what he's done with with his channel. It might be one of the most successful YouTube channels. I like think ever. This is the second biggest.
1: Uh, yeah, his mission is actually pretty noble. From what I was reading, he uh, is basically attempting to just continually build more platforms that will drive revenue, uh, and then he wants to leverage that revenue to effectively solve like world issues. And he is one hundred percent in line with the Diver Zero plan. Like he has wealth, but he seems to have like no interest whatsoever in using it for his own personal gain, uh, which I think is like, you know, incredibly noble, especially for a 24 year old kid who kind of stepped in shit and found himself being worth, I don't know, nine figures, maybe, maybe
0: like upper echelon of nine figures, not sure. I just want, I just want a small property, man. That's all I asked this lady, like, <laughs> I didn't want the small property. That's all I want. Like, I don't want the 1.7 million house you got, you know? I don't want the beast money. I just want a little bit, bro. Like, little, like, they gave it to you. See, people like us, we need people to help us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we need help, bro. Like, so if anybody's out there that knows shit about houses, hit me up, bro. Like, I'm, I'm open for business. <laughs> Fuck houses. We're trying to grow this, in- this YouTube following. We don't need look, 40
1: million followers, but, like, you know, 1.7 million would be nice. I was Look, it was crazy. Like, I was
0: checking the subscriber count today, and it was, like, 30,000. And I'm like, how do we have thirty thousand? We put out content every single time, like almost every day. And it's like, look, you guys need to stop the. I can't curse. I'm trying not to. You guys need to stop the nonsense, all right? We put out content every day. We have the hottest show in poker, Poker Out Out. We have a freaking movie coming out that you guys can can watch. We put on, on Second Thought, which is a which is a freaking moving. Oh, the guy that put me on the, on the full screen for this one. It's, it's a moving target that's showing you, like, solvers and, like, what the hell's going on there? Like, that's free. Sure, sure. Quick Studies, which is a car- – we built a cartoon. Like, for those of you guys that don't like seeing my face, there's a cartoon. That's That's fun. Like, how much more stuff do you guys want? Homeschool, if you haven't signed up. Actually, someone messaged me today on Instagram saying this lady, this nice lady, Jen – She messaged me on Instagram today and saying, hey, can I still sign up for homeschool? And I was like, yes, you can. And she's like, will I be behind? And I was like, no, you haven't missed that much at all. Get in there. And she was like, all right, I'm in. So sign up. Berkey's doing the first week right now. His is always great. I'm doing the last week because I need more time to prepare. And it's going to be fucking insane. You got Landon. You got Nick Marchington. These guys play fucking super nosebleeds, man. They have million-dollar houses. Like, it, it's it's insane, right? How much value do you want? The first two lessons
1: have been really good. Really good. Not to pat myself I on the back. I saw you but... use
0: one of my slides today. Yeah, I did. But, but it's okay. It's okay. It's a team thing. I could have
1: remade trying... it, but like, you know. Honestly, there no, were I, I probably no, should have. There, were, there no, were a couple of things that were not perfect,
0: but that's it, fine. it was, it was it's workable. Two, it's two years old, man. What yeah. do you want from it? Nah, things I'm, evolve. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's okay. You use my slides, I use your slides. I've been using your slides for years. You'll definitely use a couple of
1: my slides from today, for sure. Nice. You'll actually nice. probably just use slides from everybody's week and uh, bring it all together in a functional stream. I didn't strategy.
0: think about that until now.
1: The, the tough part will be like Landon won't use slides. He'll just be using P.O., so you'll have to do a little extra legwork there. But yeah, in general, you could probably pluck a few of the theory slides from everybody.
0: Let's wrap up the show with Landon, um, because I think that's what people are looking forward to. I got a lot of messages like, when does Landon start? Are you guys going to stream it? What's the plan? And honestly, it's moving so fast, like, that we are even like, like, what are we going to do, right? Because it's like, we want to feature it, but we also have academies coming up that people could sign up for, homeschool, we have movies dropping, we have channels going on, like, you're playing, you know, 500,000 and shit, like, it's crazy. your house is appreciating by the second (laughs) uh
1: yeah i think the schedule start time is still june 2nd it's going to be on acr um we're trying to work out something with the stream uh it really just falls in line with how much or how many resources we can allocate towards it it's difficult uh i think we're going to ultimately end up covering it the challenge is obviously like the lack of schedule Between the two of them, it's it's probably just going to be like a scramble the night before to say like, okay, looks like we're streaming tomorrow Uh, and we may just miss a few here (laughs) and there. But obviously, like as the match comes down the home stretch, we'll 100 percent have all the coverage here. It's probably best that we cement ourselves as the premier spot to um, to view the coverage to begin with. And yeah, just, you know, kind of take it as it goes.
0: Yeah, I think what, like, you know, kind of what I told people, too, it's like, like, hey, we'll be in there. We will cover as much as we can that our, you know, our schedules allow. Um, When things get super hot, like, we'll make ourselves available um, and we'll do the best we can. What I did learn with the Doug Polk challenge, and definitely I have more emotional and financial interest in this one. I uh, maybe the same financial interest, but but at least emotionally I care more about the landed match because like it's directly tied with Salt for Y, right? Um as he's one of our new coaches. But what I did learn was like, man, these things are taxing. Yeah. Um the 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 multiple days coverage of and then sometimes they go long, right? Like I think I might have had COVID while while one of them was going on. Like it was it was like it was one of the most insane things, like three days a week. Three plus hours, sometimes five hours, and it doesn't even sound like that much verbally, but like when you're actually doing it, it is long.
1: Well, I think the big struggle it's, is is just gonna be July. They're playing through a time period where the rest of us are gonna be playing bracelet events, um, right? And it's just like right. a couple of things happen. Number one, the viewership demand won't be nearly as high because like guys like me and and other pros will be streaming bracelet events and will make runs that will be much more important than mm-hmm. hand number 3,025 yeah. of a heads up right. match. This 20 K. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then secondarily, it's just like, it's hard to find the bandwidth to do both. Right. Like not just from an energy standpoint, but also like from the standpoint of uh, who do we get to do the announcing? Cause we're all going to be playing bracelet events and who do we all get right. to do the streaming and like, you know what channel? Because uh we're not going to forego. This one's right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like it, it's going to be tricky. We need to really put our heads together and figure out what makes the most amount of sense. I it wish... could be one of those
0: things where it's like there's like a switch over somehow.
1: I mean, yeah, you know, no, no, got, no, that's uh, feasible i make
0: three thousand in the back, like he's going to make it happen. I,
1: I know how to do that. Actually, that that's not that uh unrealistic. I, feel like I just froze. Um, But. The the real challenge I think is you're you're live man you just can't hear us I guess uh, you're not frozen well maybe now you are unless you're just sitting still uh, no okay, the, that- the, the the big issue that I think uh, we will probably run into is just the live element of it like I think this product is way way fucking better if we could just get whole cards and stream it the next day. But, unfortunately, both parties didn't agree to that. So,
0: it, it's not really going to be feasible. Yeah, that one's tough. It's one of those where, like, both players, both camps. You know what's weird? Like, everybody has a camp now. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Both camps. I mean, you're from like, gangland. You know how it works. Yeah, but we're talking about, like, now Now there's camps. Like, oh, man. Whatever. I'm sure Phil Ivey is fucking, it's like, fuck all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like what's going on? Like we got camp He's like Phil Ivy's like, I'm going to make my own decisions, man. Yeah, I but, like that. That's why he's the guy. Uh, but it is. I am excited to see a solid. There was some filming going on with Phil Ivy uh, for potentially some podcasts. Uh, there's some 25K heads up
1: WPT that's taking place in Mexico next month. And I think that Kings poker has some involvement and it seems like Joey's doing some sort of like podcast for them that involves like Der, <laughs> Ivy and a few of the other representatives.
0: I'm not jealous at all. Anyway, <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed the show. For myself, Christian Soto, for my, my co-host, Matt Berkey, 1.7 million. It's a wrap. Vlogcast number 43. Peace. I didn't want to work a 9 to 5. I didn't want to work for anybody. And I really didn't see, like, what skill I could use to like get me a good job. I knew that I was good at math, I was good at card games, and then poker came up. And I just got hooked.
1: My favorite era on poker was between 2006 and
0: 2011. Online poker was thriving and booming. It was easy to print. It was also the poker boom. So poker as an industry was growing rapidly.
2: There really wasn't a lot of well-developed poker strategy out there. So- it was a time when you could be super creative, it was very intellectual, it was just
0: thrilling. I thought that I would just win a million dollars in tournaments every year and back then there was a lot more hope of having this huge career. I never thought it was going to end. And uh, you know, it, that's changed dramatically.